The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Welcome to the Monday edition of our podcast and our live stream devotional. Uh, glad you're starting the week off with us together. Hope you had a great weekend and hope things are going well for you. And as we go through this week, we're going to continue in our study, the book of Ephesians. We're going to finish up Ephesians 4 this week and move on to chapter 5. Uh, it's intriguing to me. It's normal to New Testament study where in the Napoleon epistles, there's only six chapters in Ephesians, but it'll take us longer to get through than it did the 12 in Ecclesiastes. Pretty normal in the type of study. Um, but we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, just one verse again this morning. It says in verse number 30, we've been talking about a list of things that the new life and a new beginning brings. And uh, he's going to talk a little bit and give us some understanding of the idea of the working of the Holy Spirit in a new believer. In verse 30, he says this, Paul says this, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed into the day of redemption. We'll get to the aspect of sealing to the day of redemption here in a couple of minutes. But what I want to do now is I want to explain uh, in the grieving of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? I think before we understand how we grieve the Holy Spirit, we need to understand the work of the Holy Spirit. So uh, here, here's what we believe the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us that when you are saved, you, you gain salvation and you gain the Holy Spirit, what many call the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It is not a separate event. You get saved and then, you know, months or whatever later it happens. The day you are saved, you were given all of the Holy Spirit you need and will ever get. Now, there's a difference between what we call the baptism, the immersion. You have the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is in control. We call that the leading of the Holy Spirit, or the, or the filling of the Holy Spirit. So I have the Holy Spirit. I have access to the power of the Holy Spirit, but that doesn't always mean that I am led, that I am filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is where I come in. I, I am filled with the Holy Spirit when I'm free of sin, when I'm willing to follow Him, I'm living in obedience, and what does the Lord want me to do? I follow that. That is the filling of the Holy Spirit. I lose the filling of the Holy Spirit when I'm living in sin, when I'm going the wrong direction, when I refuse to obey, things of that nature. And so some people have said, how do you know you're filled with the Spirit? And you know, we say, well, I can have extra power, have freedom. To me, the best way to know is you pretty much know when you're not filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you're struggling. Um, you're, you're living in sin, disobedience, things of those nature. So the, we have the, we, we receive the Holy Spirit, we get saved. We have power through the Holy Spirit, direction and guidance through the Holy Spirit. If we listen, if we obey, if we follow, if, if we confess and deal with our sin. So then it comes to the question of then what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, we understand that one of the leadings of the Holy there's several things the Holy Spirit does in our life when he convicts us of sin. And I don't mean conviction in the aspect of making us feel guilty of sin. If we're heading in a direction, we're debating to do something, the Holy Spirit says, listen, don't do that. So that's it's kind of leading before we do it. If we sin, he's not like, how dare you do this? What he's, what he's really doing is he's saying, you have sinned. Your sin breaks that relationship, that communion with God. You're still saved. You don't lose your salvation, but there, it, it's like any relationship. When you sin against a family member, you don't stop being a family member. There's just this gap. There's just this, this you know, lack of sweet communion. And that's the idea with God. Then he says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we see in that aspect, uh, in this aspect of sin, he, he, he brings us back to communion with God, less, less like guilting us and more like just helping us to recognize we can get right with God. He guides us when we're trying to make decisions. He protects us from making wrong decisions. He helps us to be the husband, the, the wife, the father, the child, the co-worker that we need to be. Helps us not to react 
in the way we want to naturally, we're angry and things of that nature, helps us to live in obedience to God, and so much more. Helps us to understand preaching, helps us to understand the Word of God. The Bible says the Word of God, help, you know, the Holy Spirit teaches and helps us to understand. When we just don't even know how to pray to God, He prays for us on our behalf. And we could go on with all of the different things the Holy Spirit does. So what does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, when I'm following Him and doing right, then I enjoy His leading, His filling, His protection. When I choose to go the wrong direction, I grieve him. And it literally, I, I sadden him. I, I put aside what he's trying to do. So he, he's trying to lead me and protect me and guide me and, and get me in the right direction. And I say, no, I don't want to do it. I choose to sin or I choose to go the wrong direction. I grieve him. See, here's the thing. The Holy Spirit will not force himself upon me. It's offered to me, but I must accept that leading in that direction. So when I choose to say, no, I'm going the wrong direction, I grieve him. I set him aside. Now I've taken back over. I do what I want to do. And, and don't get me wrong. It's not like what I want to do, what the Holy Spirit wants to do. You know, remember we've said this. There's that part of us, that sinful part that wants to do wrong, and then the Holy Spirit guides us. It's not like, okay, the flesh wants to do fun, and the Holy Spirit wants to just make me miserable and super spiritual. It's I'm deceived into thinking this is fun when it's not. The Holy Spirit leads into fulfillment. He leads into joy. He leads into dull things. But there are times when I say I'd rather go my own direction. I grieve him. Now, so we understand, what do I do in that case? When I grieve him, I ask God to forgive me for whatever it was I went that way, and I move forward, regain the power. I must ask for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, guide me today. Give me the filling of the Holy Spirit as I go. So we understand if it happens, and it will. Okay, Lord, forgive me. This is what happened, you know, and move forward on that. So it's just recognizing, because what happens sometimes is we'll grieve the Holy Spirit in the morning. We'll never deal with it. We may go our whole day without His power. So it, it simply we call it keep close account with God. And I don't think you have to stop, get in a car, get in the knees next to your car, you know, and pray that God will forgive you. I don't I think we make it too complicated. You know, the it simply as we're driving, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I did this. I'm sorry for thinking this. Sorry for saying this. Sorry for doing that. And, and Lord, please forgive me. Move on. It really honestly needs to be that simplistic. I think we just make some of these things too complicated. And so that, that gets us back in communion with God, and then we can move forward with the filling and the power of the Holy Spirit when we plead for that. So what, what does it mean when it says here, we are not to, we are grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby we are sealed into the day of redemption? Um, this Sunday, we're um, studying Revelation 17 in our church. And one Sunday night, one of the verses talks about this book of life where the names are written from the foundation of the world. Before any of us were born, God had, God created what had what's called the book of life. The name of anybody who would ever be born was in there. When they're born, they're in there, and it's the book of life of people who have accepted Jesus as their Savior. Every name's there, which teaches us that everybody has a chance to get saved. When, and there's a couple ways that you can, your name is taken out. You can, well, you, the most popular, uh, most what people do is they die without ever accepting Jesus as their Savior. Their name is erased. It's kind of like it was in pencil, and when they die, their name is taken out of the book of life because they never accepted Jesus as their Savior. Or Jesus brings conviction, and they say no enough, or God says, well, I'm no longer going to offer you salvation. The name's taken out. There's a couple times where the Bible says if you there's certain sins where your name will be blotted out of the book of life. A lot of people think, well, if their name's blotted out, that means they were saved, they lose their salvation. No, that means they weren't saved, and now they can no longer be saved. Please understand, the Bible says a man cannot be saved except the Father draw him. There's this understanding, well, I'll just get saved whenever I want. That is not biblical. You can't just live my life when I want when I'm 80, I'll get saved. You're not even sure you'll be 80. 
You can't be saved unless the Father draw you. And the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. Romans 1 talks about that, you know, they have the inborn evangelists. They have creation, so they are without excuse. God allows us to know of his existence and all of those things. So there comes a time when, and frankly, the one in Revelation says, when we change the word of God, we take out the truth of the word of God, or we add to the truth, guess what? Our name is blotted out of the book of life. And there's some other verses that talk about that. So these are some things that can happen. But generally speaking, most people come to the end of life, never putting their trust in God, their name's written out. Now, when you get saved, when you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says the Holy Spirit seals you. So you go to that book of life, and it's kind of like your name is no longer in pencil, now it's in ink, it's in permanent. And the Holy Spirit is the one that seals that. Your name is there because you can be saved. Once you're saved, now you are permanently in there. The Holy Spirit seals us. Um, it really talks about the idea of the uh, kingly seals. They would take the wax and they put their seal in there. And so when you saw that kingly seal and the letter you're given, you knew the letter came from the king if it had not been broken. That's the same premise of the seal. The Holy Spirit seal. So when God looks down and he sees my name, he sees the Holy Spirit seal. Obviously, it's picturesque. He knows this already, but that seal in the book of life is there. Because I've accepted the Holy Spirit, he lived inside of me, I've been sealed. And it's, and it's the kingly, it's the God divine seal that's there. When he looks at other ones, he's going to see empty spaces because they haven't. That actually is going to be seen in the great white throne judgment. Anyone there, unfortunately, has, has chosen not to be saved. And there's a lot more we could get into in the end times and things of that nature. So the key is that we look at the leading, the work of the Holy Spirit. We look at, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. But then one of the things he does is he gives us guarantee. Let me finish with this. Why? What's important about the sealing? I didn't do it. I didn't earn it. This is what this is part of the work. When I get saved, it's part of one of the things the Holy Spirit does in my life. And what is important about that seal? It's permanent. I can't break it. I can't lose it. I can't sin enough to lose. If I'm truly saved, I will never lose that because the Holy Spirit has sealed me. I am placed in the Father's hand, I'm placed in Jesus' hand, and they together will hold on to me. It is not anything I do, it's what God does. And I put my confidence of eternity in that truth. It'll never go away because I put my confidence in Jesus and in Jesus alone. And the Holy Spirit is one that seals that and guarantees that. Well, I thank you for joining us on this Thursday morning as we talk a little bit more about the book of Ephesians. We'll finish up, uh, actually probably finish up the rest of, of Ephesians 4 tomorrow in the last two verses, 31 and 32. We'll deal with those tomorrow. Then we'll move on to chapter 5 and 6 as we start dealing with, and the, especially a lot of what's coming next is very practical for family, spiritual warfare, a lot of things coming up in the next couple of weeks as we go through this. I hope you stick with us. If this is a help to you at all, I encourage you to share it. Maybe put a review on iTunes, things that nature. I know it's a help and encouragement to us and uh, we just hope it'll be continued encouragement and blessing. If you got any questions, send them our way. We'd love to maybe answer them if we can. We hope you continue to stick with us. Thanks for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.